All right, final hour of the show. Washington, Tennessee next week. We know what that means. It's a steady dose of Derrick Henry. And right now, right now, is there enough patience in this coaching staff to allow this group to do what it does better? Do, do they need to do an Arthur Smith? Arthur Smith, with his team yesterday, ineffectively throwing the football, decided it, this was like out of a movie, okay? It, it He ran the ball 14 times mm-hmm. in a row. What did they do? They scored a touchdown. Right now, the Washington offensive line has been able to effectively run block over the last couple of weeks. Let's allow them to do that more. What did Joe Theismann tell us in when we talked to him before his a football life? Joe Gibbs wanted to run Air Coriel. Joe Theismann was throwing for numbers he had never thrown for in his NFL career. Right. They were 0-5. Right. They had to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. They had to stick it in the belly of 44, change the fortunes of the football program forever, okay? For the next nine years, Washington became one of the dominant three teams in the NFC, maybe four. It was four because it was Washington, Dallas, the Giants, and San Francisco. They owned the NFL over the next nine years. The AFC wanted nothing to do with those four teams over the next nine years, okay? And... I, I sense that Scott Turner has to do something like that right now. Scott's got to get the air Turner part out of his game. It's going to make Wentz's confidence go up. It puts Wentz in less likely positions to have lack of success because you need that guy in a positive mindset. You can still do this with running and then people actually having to pay attention to your play action pass. Mm-hmm. And it makes things more effective. Now, granted, you've seen two sets of really good pass rushers the last couple of weeks. That might not necessarily be the case over the next couple of weeks, which is a good thing. But, Chris, I'm telling you right now. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is pretty damn good. He's pretty good. Now, losing Harold Landry is going to help. No question. But here's the thing. It looks like you're going to get the eight car back this week. Yes. And he's not going to be ready to carry the ball 20 times a game. We know that. But with the eight car being inserted – and that combination of him and 24 both, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be able to competently put it in their belly a little bit. And if Scott Turner is willing to make that adjustment, and maybe because they didn't have the eight car, maybe that's why he's been as pro pass as he's been. Oh, there's no doubt. So let's. They don't trust Antonio. Gibson I'm. Still. I am intrigued to see what this might look yeah. like with the eight car likely returning to the lineup this week. I, I think I, I think Which is extraordinary, we should by have the way. a longer-term discussion about how much of an impact Brian Robinson Jr. can make on everyone. You know, later and on his in, lack in the of week. availability has led to, as we talked about earlier, Correct. Carson Wentz dropping back literally 50 times a game. Correct. He, here's the thing. There is no doubt it's going to help. There is zero doubt it's going to help. And by the way, Chase Young's probably not coming back. You know, as we've talked about on this show, uh, probably until a minimum of the Packers game, which is Week Seven, and that might even be early. Okay, uh, so that that's that. 
Uh, we will get into Brian Robinson throughout the week because there's no doubt it's going to help settle some things down and help add a different dimension. And you could also use Antonio Gibson uh, differently. But I more. do believe that's part of the solution, sure. though. Absolutely. It has no, to be no part doubt. of the when solution. When you say, how do you fix things, that is one way to fix things, right? One way. The question is, is it enough, right? Is it enough to fix things? Here's another way to fix things. You know, I, I'm... We haven't touched on this yet this morning. Before we get back to the calls, I just want to use this moment. You know, Ron is known as Riverboat Ron, right? Ron the gambler, Ron this, that, and the other thing. Some people call him Pontoon Ron, whatever. Yesterday, with one minute and four seconds left in the first half, the Commanders get the ball back after the long drive by Dallas, and Dallas taking the lead back at 12-7. to They have all three timeouts left. They didn't choose the 10-second runoff on the Badaz false start on the Dallas possession before, which they ultimately scored at the Washington 13. They didn't choose the 10-second runoff, presumably because, why? They wanted to have more time to get the ball if Dallas scored and to try and get in position for a field goal, right? Presumably. That's why you wouldn't take the runoff. That's the only thing I could think of. They chose not to. Fine. Uh, then Dallas scores. Then the whole two-point convert, uh, the the whole blocked extra point. F.A. Abada had no idea what he was doing at blocking it. <laughs> that was a whole nother issue. We'll get to that at some point. But then they come out, and this infuriated the fan base with a J.D. McKissick run plus three, no timeout. It goes from one oh four on the clock to twenty six seconds. Yeah, I mean they gave away like forty right? seconds. So then they, oh, I'm sorry, uh, they had used one of their timeouts on Dallas's possession. My bad. So they had two timeouts left. Dallas had three timeouts. That's what it was. So then they use after another play, uh, after I'm sorry, another two plays. One a short pass to Logan Thomas pushed out of bounds, so the clock stops. Then J.D. McKissick on another run. Four yards, they use timeout number two, but then it's with 17 seconds left. And then they take a deep shot. Pete, that whole sequence didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but here's the only way I defended it, and you tell me if I'm wrong. I know they had scored on a really good touchdown drive the drive before. So you're saying, well, wait a second. Why wouldn't you have confidence in Carson Wentz and the offense to get in position for a field goal again when they just scored? The last time out. But Pete, they managed that either two ways. One, they had no bleeping clue what they were doing. No bleeping clue what they were doing or wanted to do. Or number two, they had zero faith in Wentz and that offensive line to not make a crucial mistake and make something bad even worse. I think the one latter. Of, one or the other. I think the latter is part of it. Uh, and it, because you don't, the the thing you don't want is to give a turnover and give Dallas another opportunity right. to extend. Right. But at the same time, which is what I thought live. Every team in the league with that amount of time, you know, you try to get that first first down, and when you get it, you 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 try to step up the urgency level uh, a little bit, and it just it just never had. I I never had the since I was watching a two minute offense. Uh, in play there, I just I just didn't, and and that long amount of time they let run off the clock. Of course, you're going to put yourself in a situation where you're less likely to succeed at that point. And and I, the more you evaluate, and again, I want to watch this week's all twenty two so I can see more 
you know, out there before you you just put players on blast or whatever. But I do believe right now there is impatience and and lack of evolution from the coaching staff that is hurting the players right now. They're not putting the players in the best situations to be successful, in my opinion. And this this season is still very salvageable in terms of quote the analytics. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they do get back to three and three, you're right in the thick of things. There's no doubt about that from a conference standpoint. You're no threat to win the division, barring a serious injury to one of the other three clubs right now. But if you can somehow claw your way back to three and three, which right now appears to be wishful thinking, because you got what are we talking about, Chris, coming into this? You know, you can't win game 17-15, right? Can't win game 17-15. Last year, they won back-to-back game 17-15. Well, hell, they can't even get the 15 points right yeah. now. And yeah. that's a problem. That's a problem. But we know the talent is there. That's the thing. Maybe we're overrating the talent, but there's enough talent here that you should be scoring more than 10 points oh, no in doubt. a football game. No so, doubt. I mean, I don't know if the players have to get with Scott Turner and have a heart-to-heart about what they do best and what will be most effective. But somebody needs to have a conversation. Somebody needs to have a conversation. So just like Joe Gibbs and Joe Theismann did in 1981 after they went 0-5, Joe's throwing the pill all around. The offense looked exciting. They were 0-5. And right now, this team is sitting at 1-3 when they have talent that should be better than that. Let's go to Delaware, the first state line for Russell's online. What's up, Russell? Uh, hey guys, that's slower, lower Delaware. Hey man, fellas. At <laughs> uh, Russ and uh, Pete, I want to thank you for taking my call, and uh, I wanted to thank you for inspiring me this morning. Tracks of my tears, man. I hadn't heard that in. Oh, <laughs> there you go, little Motown Monday I, instrumental. Yeah, I, w- I went right to YouTube and hit the soul version. It was awesome. Atta boy, atta boy. Hey, um. You know, this is a mess. I feel sorry for the guy who was called in and said he was 38 and his greatest uh, inspiration was uh, when uh, RG3 got drafted. <laughs> my God, that's that's horrific. Uh, you know, I'm 63. I go back. My first game was uh, was Sam Huff's first retirement when I was eight years old. I still got wow. the program. So that's wow. dating myself. That? The, yeah, leg- the yeah, legend, the legend. I, yeah, I, his first retirement. I, I had he lots of interest. You know, he- yeah, I had lots of interesting conversations with Sam Huff. Some of them, I walked away shaking my head, going, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yes, he's a special breed. He's yeah. been out there. Yeah, he, he was, um, no doubt. So you know, I kind of go back to you know the whole, and you alluded to this, Pete. I think Trubisky would have been the way to go. You. you you would have t- what did they give up to get Wentz in terms of draft? Well, it was a third round pick this year, and then it was a conditional second slash third based on Wentz playing seventy percent of the snaps this year. It turns in if it's seventy or more, it turns into a second. If it's less than seventy, it turns into a third. And don't think that that's not a big deal in terms of the way this might unfold down the line once we start approaching that that marker. And I I I always get confused how they how they judge that early, but the bottom line is. Right. Uh, if if it's sub seventy, then it's a third round pick. If it's seventy or more, then it's a second round pick. So two draft well, picks. You, be, you know. Yeah. Okay. I mean, to me, if you were being smart, and I thought this way back in this when this was all done, was to just get Trubisky and then draft a quarterback and and 
take it from they would they wouldn't give me. He was a free agent, right? So they wouldn't have to give anything up to to get him. Right. And where would they be? They'd be in the same place they are now. Well, and maybe have a little bit more of an offensive line. Right. Well, that was just that that was just the point overall. I appreciate the phone call and good to hear from you. Um uh thank you, Russell. Um he, right, Pete, I, I was wrong on Mitch Trubisky. I, I mean, I, I drove that train like I, w- I was saying, you know, you know I, I didn't want nothing to do with Wentz. Jimmy Garoppolo, I was out on as soon as I found out about the shoulder surgery. I said the guy that I would probably go after just from a, a risk, from a, a potential, from a Ron really liked him, was Trubisky. So I was wrong. Trubisky's already been benched. But if you were wrong on Trubisky, Here's the plus. You you didn't give up what you gave up for Wentz, and you certainly didn't spend $28 million. As a matter of fact, you probably would have spent about, what, roughly $6 million a year, somewhere in that, on a two-year deal. I think he signed a two-year $12 million deal. Whatever it was, whatever the cap number was, it wasn't anything. It was about $25 million, uh, not $25 million, about $22 million less in cap money this year on Trubisky than it cost you for Wentz. Right? And you wouldn't and, have had to give up the, the, the two picks. But also, and they would have, that, first of all, it, it's kind of revisionist to look back on this, but because they never could have known at the time they acquired Wentz that they would have been able to draft a guy like Hal and steal him in the fifth round the way they did. But easier to move on from Trubisky because just a street free agent than it is yeah. to move on from Wentz if oh, you wanted yeah. to make the move, just like no Mike doubt. Tomlin did yesterday. Though I will say this, I've never been, whether he was in college or whatever, the biggest Matt Canada offensive coordinator fan. Yeah, I think that is part of the issue in Pittsburgh, but I can't see, I can't say here for certain that Trubisky in this offense with Scott Turner would have been any better than what Carson Wentz has been. That's that's not fair to I think say that though of just if you look if you all think you got problems with Scott Turner you go look at some of the stuff that I mean Matt Canada's got Najee Harris Deontay Johnson and and you know Chase Claypool you know Friar Muth at tight end that offensive line stinks they stink the high heaven in execution they're wretched but as soon as they put Pickett in he gave them a boost they actually came back came back and got the lead. Uh, in that game, despite an interception. And that what you through, always but... say is if you would have gone the Trubisky or whoever route along with there's a more first patience, round quarterback. There's more patience or, from your right, fan base. Absolutely. Well, if, patience if you from your plug, fan base, patience from the owner. Right, patience but if you from... pull the plug at the quarter pole and say, look, yeah. you know, we feel that Sam, it's time to develop Sam and let him play. People are going to people are gonna go along with the growing pains of a rookie quarterback. You jammed a $28 million quarterback in here. And you're not getting results. And the quarterback, it's not like they're losing 48-45 like Detroit did yesterday to Seattle. And Wentz is not the issue. He's thrown for 367, four scores, you know, no interceptions. That's that's not the case here. The quarterback is contributing. The quarterback is contributing to the ineffectiveness on offense right now. So there, there's a lot of issues, and I, I think, again, it comes down to whether they want to have a heart-to-heart as a group with Scott Turner and say, Coach, look, here's what we're doing well. Keep calling these things. Like yesterday, you know, you get the Williams run, and it's like, man, we're gashing these guys. Mm-hmm. And then we, we got to throw. We got to go back to throw. We got to go back to throw. I mean, you can, st- you can still do it with play action uh, if you're running the football, 
and Max Protect. Well, here, here's also the Because problem. of the quality of the receivers that you have. I mean, just statistically going into yesterday's game, Wentz is terrible on, on play action this year. He's like uh, which is 55% ironic. Or, or whatever well, it is. teams aren't uh, necessarily – teams aren't even acknowledging. Right, right. Exactly. You know? Which is one of the ways that Brian Robinson is going to help. But here's part of the problem with play action. It takes longer to d- develop. At one, 100%. I mean, it just does. And if you are – just leaking major oil, your engine's going to seize quicker. I mean, there are so many freaking problems. Chris I mean, Russell I, I, with his AutoZone offensive <laughs> analysis. I, again, I wish I could sit here and say there's just one problem or two. Pete, there, I, we're going to have to go down the list of all the problems tomorrow. We don't have time to do it today. We're going to have to go down the list because there's so many problems. Let's go to line five. Jeff's in Vienna. What's up, Jeff? Uh, Jeff and Cincy for the next few days, actually. So, how <laughs> Good are for you guys? You're traveling again? Weren't you just in Cincinnati on Thursday night? Yeah, and then I met up with my daughter in Nashville for the weekend, oh my and gosh. Uh, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be, I'll be back in Virginia on Wednesday. Hey, well, you know, daughters. Are- Daughters are important stuff. I, I, no, 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 no. I, I hear you. I don't know how you know where your head is. Like, I mean, my goodness. You're, you're in a different town every time you call. Yeah, it, it, it's all right. So I'm guessing my under seven and a half wins is going to look pretty good, right? Yeah, it's looking pretty good right now. Yeah. And um, the other, Chris, when I tagged you guys in that uh, W Jacks 3 tweet yesterday, it wasn't for the fact that he, he looked like he needed help. It was for the comments from the Bengals fans underneath. Oh, there. Oh, right. Okay. Well, did you see what Pac-Man? Yeah. Did you see what Pac-Man Jones did to <laughs> WJ3? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. In oh, case yeah. the audience doesn't know what we're talking about, hang on one second, Jeff, because Matty's got it because uh, he's a great producer. Matt, why don't you fire that? Yeah, y'all know what I'm doing. What they did to Will Jack today, they grilled, barbecue grilled. Will Jack, you in there? You know, we cooked your ass today. Four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, the video is hilarious if you haven't seen it. Literally, Pac-Man Jones, who I would trust, like, ne- negative five on the scale of zero to 100 of who to trust, is literally at a barbecue grill covered and knocking on the grill. That's what you just heard. And he's saying, Will Jack, you in there? Because they funny. fried your ass. That was the it, best. It, oh, so funny. Yeah, not a Pac-Man. I'm definitely not a Pac-Man guy either, but that was pretty funny. And I got to say, say something. Maybe you guys can't comment on this. When I was driving back from Nashville yesterday, I was clicking between the Ravens and the Commanders on XM. That Commanders play-by-play booth is something else. I, I got to tell you. On the uh, wow. um, the pass interference, when it was it was clear that the ball wasn't in the area, the uh, the play-by-play guy was foaming at the mouth, almost falling out of the booth. About, oh, they got to review that. That that was that guy was right there, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. So, um, a little objectivity goes a long way every now and then. The one thing I will say, Jeff, if you ever listen to one of uh, mine and Joe Miller's broadcast on the Navy Radio Network, we are certainly celebratory of the home team. But we are as 50-50 for the most part in, A, knowledge of the opponent, acknowledging the quality of the opponent during the course of the game, 
And I, I just feel that that's, that's the responsibility you have uh, to doing it. And when you haven't had a lot of experience, though, doing it, that's kind of what you get. And remember over there, they want you to be a super cheerleader. Okay? Yep. That's part yep. of it. That is part of it. So, you know, you've got to keep that in mind. It, it was just interesting to me. And, Pete, you and I have talked about Dave Lapham, uh, you know, ad nauseum about the Bengals color guy in the booth who's quite colorful. But I, I was just listening for like 25 minutes, and I was like, there is a 100% clear lack of objectivity in this radio booth. I mean, there's – I don't want to pile on. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Safe travels as always. Yeah. Be safe. Um, Cincinnati, by the way, in Baltimore, Sunday Night Football. It's going to be a good the one Ravens next week. The Ravens have lost, what, six straight home games dating back to last year yes, now? Yes, that's correct. I mean, Harbaugh feeling some heat. Marcus Peters and him, as we've talked, you know, touched on with Jay and earlier in the show. A lot going on. Lamar Jackson with, you know, kind of a rough ending to the game and so on and so forth. That's going to be re- – and the Bengals now have won two in a row and uh, so on. and So, I mean, other teams have major drama and major problems to fix uh, as well. Uh, I know Jeff will be going up uh, to that game, but uh, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to say too much about the broadcast. I mean, I, I hear very little of it, um, you know, so I don't want to say too much. I mean, it, it was, it was very eager beaver at the beginning yesterday. Cause I did hear that. I can tell you that much. It was like, Whoa. I listened enough last year because I was usually at softball tournaments on Sundays and stuff like that. Um, I haven't listened since, so I, I can't really tell you what you know what's going on on the broadcast. So, uh, you know, teach his own. I mean, there are people that love me on the Navy broadcasts, and I'm sure there are people that that probably don't. I would say this. Though, I don't hear from many of those people, but you know, I would say this though, in the sea of all the things to fix in Commander Land. That's inconsequential. Well, that's got to me. Not, they have right. nothing to do whether no, the no, team no, wins I, or no, loses. No, I'm just saying. I mean, like, like people get fired up about that type of thing. It was always like the criticism of Larry Michael. Whatever you want to say about Larry Michael, whatever. I see Larry doing like sumo play by yes. play. Yeah, and bo- he does like boxing yeah. stuff. He Still also works that. with Joe Gibbs, Youth for Tomorrow, and, so, and Larry. Larry's doing okay. Um, my Kaziki point, knocks him out of the my ring. My point is, my point is, is that no matter what you want to say about the radio broadcast, to homery, to this, to that, whatever. Again, on the list of things to fix, there's a thousand other things to yes. fix and worry about. Because the well, no, no matter, it's just like Joe and I tell everybody, you know, we we don't win or lose football games, you know. That's that's the bad thing. If we could if we could help win football games, we would run down there and put a helmet on and try to mm-hmm. help win the football game, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, yeah, that's that's well off the beaten path. Hey, maybe London Fletcher should go back and put a helmet on. Can't be any worse at this well, point. Or maybe they should change his name back to London Flector. <laughs> did you see what? Uh, real quickly, I know we got a break here. Uh, what Missouri did uh, this weekend uh, before almost beating Georgia? No. They honored uh, Gary Pinkle. Oh, that's right. And they Ex- misspelled his except name. Except they misspelled his yes. name. Yes. Unbelievable. I did see Which, that. Which, of course, reminds us of the 2019 right. Monday night debacle against the Bears week three when they honored London Lecter. Yeah. I, I did see that because we, uh, we were monitoring that game. 
uh, on the on the it's airplane because we I were mean, sitting on the tarmac for two yeah, hours. Missouri just ran out of gas. Yeah, I mean Georgia just a little bit too much. No doubt. Three zero one two three zero zero nine eighty. You know him, you love him. We'll hear from Paulie next right here on the Team Nine Eighty and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Two three zero zero nine eighty thirty minutes for you to get in. Dumb dumb of the day and more. <laughs> when Russell tells you the dumb dumb of the day, if you've not seen what it's about, you must Google it. It is. It's long. <laughs> it's girthy. It is worthy of vivid video contract. <laughs> but, but there's more to it than just what oh, everybody yeah. has seen because there's yeah. another element. There's another actually there's another two elements. To yeah. It. So just just a tease of what to expect. 301-230-0980. That's be, how you get in with us. Numbers before we yes, hit Polly. Before what we get got? to Polly. Uh Carson Wentz's time to throw this uh uh, by week, this according to Matt Paris of the Washington Times, uh, at Matthew underscore Paris. Uh, 3.14 against the Jags, 2.92 against the Lions, 2.60 against the Eagles, 2.58 against the Cowboys. So Sunday was his fastest of the season, but of course they wound up with 10 points. Now, you might be looking at that chart, and the time to throw thing is a weird one, right? Because like you look at that and say, well, he had no, he had no protection. He had, he, he, he had to get rid of the ball quickly. No, actually, he, you're right. He had no protection, so that's part of it. But part of it is, by design, getting rid of the ball quickly because you know you can't hold up, right? So it's it's a byproduct of both. It's one, our pass protection stinks, and our interior offensive line, well, really, left guard to right tackle absolutely uh, stinks to the high heavens. Um, and on top of that, it's by design, right? So that's why the number keeps coming down is because they're leaking major, major oil, and now they're finally having to combat with quick game and all the quick stuff that we saw really throughout yesterday and especially early on, having to get rid of the bo- – so that's why that number is so low. It's not because you don't want – like, sometimes you want that number to be low. Sometimes you don't want that number to be low is basically the way I would explain it, right? Um, I would just say this, Pete. They have no choice but to continue to work the quick game so that hopefully they can open up the intermediate to long game. The quick game, along with the running game, is the only chance they have, I, I believe. So that's why I'm not, like, that alarmed by that number, because it's what they have to do, right? Yeah. I mean, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Okay. Let me give you another one. Here's the downside to that. Sam Fortier of the Washington Post, at Sam4TR. Of the 126 passing performances in the NFL this season, I guess that's, you know, games played or whatever, uh, Washington's yards per attempt Sunday, 4 0.05 yards per attempt ranked dead last 
So I guess there's been, you know, through four weeks, uh, he says uh, 126 passing performances. I don't know what that exactly means. I guess that means like every time Carson Wentz is the quarterback for a game, that's a passing performance, I guess. I, I don't know. What? Whatever. 48 says 126 passing performances, 4.05 yards per attempt, ranked dead last in the entire NFL all year so far. By the way, shout out to Jen Leno for keeping it hilarious and lighthearted as her husband and company are struggling a little bit in terms of the results on the field uh, right now. And it's got to be tough for for spouses in those houses uh, right now as well. 301-230-0980. We go to the 757 and check in with Paulie. What's up, Paulie? I want to go outside in the rain. Hail to the W, man. It would be great to say, it would be great to say, hail to the W. We just need a few more touchdowns. Hey, man, this team brings me pain in my soul and tears to my face. I need to go out in the rain. (laughs) The the rain might feel better at this point if it's pelting down on your head than watching the commanders or thinking about the commanders. Pause! Hey, Cousin Pete, we'll start with you first. Because I've been saying what you've been saying for three years now. And we had a fine example of this yesterday. The power running game is working. Keep running the damn ball. I, mean, I don't care if we turn I don't care if we turn into a Barry Switch's Oklahoma team. Tom Osborne's Nebraska team. Crying out loud. Ground Chuck Knox. Just keep running the ball. Cause it's obvious you can't throw it. I seen Carson Wentz call a huddle. Come out the huddle, getting a shotgun, and immediately looked at the plays on his wrist. But you, you just caught. You don't know the play. Did you forget the play call? Well, what the hell just happened here? And of course, the errant pass. I mean, Scott Turner's his pass game concept routes. I don't understand any of them. I know you're saying short game, Rufio, but I mean, if if you can't get your receivers open, if you can't scheme them open, what's the point? Just run the ball. That's what was effective. And don't be fooled by the everybody. The defense played. They played okay, but they was going up against uh, Cooper Rush, who tried to give the game away. If it wasn't for the two flags, you know, we, we'll be having a, a false sense of, of security with the defense yesterday. No, it was what it was. The same defense we've been seeing. It's funny. People asked to put uh, 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 Kendall Fuller in the slot. And it's safety. We seen him at all three positions yesterday, getting toasted. Cut this guy. Why is he still on the team? Why is he on the field? But like you said, Rufio, it's too many problems. You know, they try to solve one of them by getting uh, 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 my man Turner out of there. Finally, I like what I seen from Charles. He came in there and played with some attitude. But why is William Jackson still on the field? I mean. It's just, I mean, they ran a zone defense the whole game yesterday, most, majority of the game. People just running all over the place. I mean, this team has, for all to talk about military this and military that, this team has no discipline. The coaching staff has no discipline. You know what I mean? Look, the fan base, we don't even have no discipline with, with this team no more. We just all over the place with this team. 
We can name 15 different things. I mean, just at some point, Ron is going to have to take a Michael Jackson look in the mirror <laughs> and start pointing the finger at himself. Because this and try to change his right. ways, right? You're right, Rufio. Rufio, you was 100% right. Wait, wait, what? The beginning of the year. Wait, 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 wait. Cut that up. Cut that up. You are 100% right. What? I was, saying, I was saying this to start the season. You can't look at this schedule and tell me what games we going to win. We are the worst team in the NFL. We are everybody's homecoming. Period. Until they get an attitude adjustment out there in Ashburn. So they want to start playing some slobber knocker football out there in Ashburn. We're going to hear the same stuff week after week from Ron. Oh, we had opportunities. We got to take care of the opportunities. It's very disappointing, uh, 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 Ron. Ron, you're starting to sound like a broken record. A bad record like that. And, you know, you got your favorite favorite song. Back in the day, you had an album, had your favorite song, and had a little skip in it, but you'll still play that record at W over that skip. I don't want to hear this record no more, Ron. Hell to the W, man. Hell get, to the W. Appreciate hang you, Paul. In there, hang in there, though. Hell to the W. Hey, all gets better with a W next week because you can't get to 3-3 three and three unless you get to 2-3 and three first. Question is, how do you do it? Because you know next week you're going to get a steady diet of 22, and that means your linebackers are going to have to play, play great. Your linebackers are going to have to play great football next week against Derrick Henry. Because you know that Tennessee is going to be limited in the passing game. It'll be interesting to watch. Traylon Burks got carted off yesterday, uh, the rookie out of Arkansas at wide receiver. So, you know, again, opportunity knocks next week again. The ultimate question is, is how much can you improve in one week of football here? Look, yesterday... They went behind Leno and Norwell, and they gashed the Cowboys play after play after play, and then pass, pass, pass. I mean, but sometimes you had to pass in those situations. I'll have to go back and chart it all. But Pete, sometimes you had to pass because of the penalty yes, that would then that. Right. put right. you in second and. Uh, but I mean, they faced third and twenty-seven on two consecutive series. But Who you had that? back-to-back runs that were plus five or better. And then you went to pass the ball and got a holding penalty on the passing play. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just it's frustrating. And I know I understand what Scott Turner's trying to do. Believe me, I do. If I've got McLaurin, if I've got Curtis Samuel, if I've got Jahan Dotson, hell, we had a Deami Brown sighting yesterday. Uh, Deami got on the field. If I had the ability to play those four guys at wide receiver, by all means, I'm trying to get them involved. I understand it, but dag on it. Yesterday, you're playing against a team who has a strength defensively that is your weakness right now and your kryptonite, and all you had to do was step to the line of scrimmage. You had an offensive line that was willing to get up there and punch them in the mouth. Go look. Scott, please, and, and I know you follow me on Twitter, Scott. We follow each other, and I'm speaking to you respectfully. Go find that Falcon film from yesterday when Arthur Smith was pissed off at his offensive line and his team and their inability to pass because Marcus Mariota was 7-19 yesterday, and he called 14 straight running plays. What did they do? They put the daggone ball in the end zone. My kind of coach. Run the ball. If you can't pass protect, run the ball until the other team proves to you that they can stop the run. 
I'm begging you. Yesterday was better, though. I gotta get. I gotta say that yesterday was better. Yes, they the tried game more. The plan and the attack was yeah. better yesterday. I mean, Leno Norwell on that left side could get you yards when you needed them yesterday. So go that way. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care what you. And by the way, Trey Turner played like what five, ten snaps. He didn't play much. No. He, well, he he got he got absolutely ransacked on the first sack of the game. Him and uh, and Martin Martin kind of switched over mm-hmm. and and boom. Trey Turner was late in getting over, and I think by the end of the second series, I think after the second series is when they and benched him. We went him. to Sadiq because I think he took a right penalty. I think he My took man. a penalty. Well, Sadiq had that one big block out in space. Struggled. Uh, pass protection and, and a little as he bit, climbed, though. But he 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 struggled. But but you got to play though. Yes. You got to play. You got to get reps to get better. And, and and in his defense, he just hadn't played. Yeah. What's not good though. Him and yeah. Cosme paired together. Ooh. Would you go? I'll throw this at you. Would you go? Would you push Cosme inside the guard? Play Lucas attack. Yes, in a heartbeat. I'd do that if I'm Ron Rivera. I yeah. definitely have to evaluate that. In a heartbeat, I would definitely do that because Cosme right now stinks at right tackle too. But real quick, let's get to Chuck in North Carolina listening on the Odyssey app. What's up, Chuck? Oop, went to the wrong. Wait, that's all right, Lou. Did you go to Lou? Oh. Yeah, I did. Lou, go ahead. Well, no, what, I'm okay, going. Okay, now we're back to, to Chuck. Chuck. Sorry, Chuck. Chuck. Go ahead, Chuck. Hey, Sorry about how that. you doing, man? I just want to say real quick, man, this team kind of reminds me of when we had D.J. Swearinger and he just wanted to let the defensive coordinator know that, man, listen, this ain't working. Let's try something else. Those players out there, man, they look like they don't even want to play and they don't want to say nothing for fear of uh, getting cut or whatever, man. But that is, like, totally pathetic. The only thing that we can do well is run the ball and they refuse to run the ball, man. I'm like like the last caller, man. Uh, run the ball. I don't care if you run the ball 14, 15 straight plays. It was effective, man. Just keep running the ball, man. We sick of this mess. And all my f- friends ask me, why don't I wear commander's gear? Man, because I ain't wasting my money on that sh- Whoa. I mean, just being real. Uh, we gotta- <laughs> sorry, sorry. That's yeah. all right, Chuck. I understand. I understand your... I understand Passion. your displeasure and your passion for what happened. Chuck Chuck kind of put it in perspective how most Commanders fans yes. feel right now. 301-230-0980, a delicious dumb dumb of the day is on the way. But first, Chris tells us what's trending. All right, cleaning up the carnage for a third Monday in a row. Commanders losing 25-10 in Dallas yesterday to the now 3-1 and Cooper Rush-led Cowboys. That means, of course, the Commanders remain in last place in the NFC East by virtue of the Giants and Eagles, of course, winning yesterday as well. Monday Night Football 49ers hosting the world champion L.A. Rams tonight right here on the Team 980 pregame coverage at 730 we were joined by Jay Gruden for a touchdown at 10. He is a Rams consultant. Talked about that game at the end, the rivalry between Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Also, what to do with Carson Wentz and William Jackson III. All of that and more on the podcast, theteam980.com. Go to Russell and Medhurst in the podcast section, or you can hit the Odyssey Rewind feature on the Team 980 and listen right at 10 o'clock. And that's what's trending.
301-230-0980. That's how you get to us, and that's how you get to Burgundy and Gold today. Doc Walker standing by in the bullpen, warming up, ready to bring it to you here this afternoon on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Some days you have to search for this content. Some days it just falls in your lap. Today, it fell right into the lap of Chris Russell. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... It's time for Dum Dum of the Day on Russell and Medhurst. Yep. So what do you do when you're um, a really talented wide receiver? You've run yourself out of not one, not two, not three, but four different organizations because you just can't stop being a complete blithering idiot. What do you do? Any ideas? No idea. Well, Antonio Brown went to Dubai where I'm sure there are different rules in Dubai than there are customary here in the United States. Well, here's the deal. Antonio Brown was in a pool with others. Looked like a glorious pool. The problem was he wasn't wearing any clothes. What? Yes. He wasn't wearing any clothes. It's getting hot in here. So (laughs) so take off all your clothes. So when a female patron in the pool came sort of close to Antonio Brown, he lifted himself up out of the water with all of his nakedness and shoved his ass in her face, not once, but twice. It's an orgy in the end zone. (laughs) What was that, Robert? It's an orgy in the end zone. (laughs) I don't know if that's what Robert meant, but... Anyway, so (laughs) Antonio Brown at the Armani Hotel in Dubai, uh, eventually the woman like laughs and then she just leaves. She's like, I'm out of here, dude. (laughs) So Antonio Brown is flopping around like a fish. And what does he do? He then decides to rear back and plant his flagpole. Except where he plants it is very visible for everyone to see. And let me just tell you something. I'm a little bit jealous because he's got a flagpole that every dude would want. Okay. Good gracious. It's Mr. Marcus. So he starts then doing things. Uh, that I can't say on the radio with his flagpole out of the water. Edith, hide your eyes. And this is all on video somehow, some way. Uh, of course, the picture was blurred out, but then it gets worse. So on Sunday morning, <clears throat> Antonio Brown was on Twitter. And he said after this that an NFL team that needs more offensive production should do what, Pete? Give him a call. Right. Why? <laughs> because he's clearly bored and has nothing else to do <laughs> well, than be naked in a pool in Dubai. Not only, not, only, <laughs> not only that, but he said because he can, quote, expose a D. Yes, he can. <laughs> and, quote, 
quote, he can expose a D. Oh, baby, Antonio what? Brown. Hey, B, baby. Now a jumping jacks on Twitter. I love it. <sighs> and then last night, you know what he also did? This is a threesome in a weird sort of way. He posted a picture, I believe, on his Instagram. This is courtesy of Barstool Sports. I do not follow him on Instagram. Of him after winning the Super Bowl with Giselle Bunchen hugging him and almost kissing him. Ooh. Oh. And he said, put that beep on with the beep being the S word. So coming after Tom Brady again. The guy that got him to Tampa uh, after he got him to New England. How about that? A triple threat of dumb dumbness from Antonio Brown. I, I, I don't know what else to say. Some except, people are great for content. You're Chris's dumb dumb of the day. Wow. <laughs> I would, look. We're all we're all in the entertainment industry, okay? We're all entertainers at heart. But I'm not sure I could do that in the middle of a pool in Dubai like Antonio Brown did. God bless him. I mean, I guess you could do it. Whether you, oh, you would could. do it you is could. a whole nother beast. But, you know, what would have been great is if the little Henrietta off to his right would have said, Oh, my. <laughs> That's a mighty impressive <laughs> poll you have there, Mr. Brown. Can I plant my flag there? <laughs> but she said no. I'm out. <laughs> See, she, you get that Fred Flintstone music. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> you got anything else, Matt, in your bag of tricks? <laughs> I'm. I, I used everything right there. That was. I had to drop every one of the fun ones. <laughs> She was like, hey, friend, I'm out of here. <laughs> I mean, look, and, and I'll say this. Oh. If there are things going on negatively in the cranium of Antonio Brown yeah. as a result of right. the violence of pro football, uh, I hope you hope at some point he can get some assistance for that. Uh, if that is contributing to all of this, sometimes you're just arrogant and cocky and, and you love to you do whatever you do. And, that's and what I believe it is. Maybe that is it. And, and you know what? I hope for his physical health. I hope that is what it is. Yeah. Uh, I hope he doesn't have any issues, um, you know, physically. Uh, but it does make you wonder, though. There's no doubt about it. Physically gifted guy. Uh, unfortunately, has played his way. Physically gifted is Brenda Medhurst. She has put up with me for 25 years Aww. legally. 28 in January, but today, 25 years ago today, it was a Friday in Annapolis on the shores of the Chesapeake Bay. We got married at Quiet Waters Park outside. It was a beautiful ceremony at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Shout out to my best man, Brian Callahan, who will get married in 12 days, coming up for the first time himself. So. Not Bill, Callahan. Not, Not Bill Callahan. Not Bill Callahan, the Bengals. But Brian Callahan is to horse trainers what Bill Callahan was to coaching in the NFL. But not the offensive coordinator for the Bengals, Brian Callahan. No, not that Sun. Brian Callahan. Okay. Brian Callahan can get a horse to go forward. So congratulations to him and the great Katie Flaherty coming up. all of you. That'll do it for us. Doc Walker's ready to bring it to you strong to the mic from inside the locker room on Burgundy and Gold today. Next, right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app.